Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. My name is Stuart Lawler. Thank you for downloading and subscribing to our monthly technology podcast. This is episode number 63 for August 2017. do hope you're going to stay with us for the next hour. We're with you just over an hour this month because uh, I'll be giving you some quick tips on how you can engage with our VFO event if you didn't manage to get one of the tickets that were uh, very quickly snapped up, by the way. Uh, Amy Hines Fitzpatrick is along for the first of two slots, this time to talk about the Via Opta suite of apps. Shane Early, our newest correspondent, brings us the excitement and flavour of the MasterChef group from Carrick and Shannon. Sharon Lyons is along with more shortcuts this time we're learning to use Gmail, and Amy Hines Fitzpatrick returns to introduce us to the world of Orcam. That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. Kicking us off this month, a quick reminder about our VFO and Sight and Sound event on the 9th of August. It's Wednesday, the 9th of August in NCBI. The Eventbrite tickets are all gone. 50 seats, uh, fully booked. So thank you to everybody who was able to secure a seat at that event. If you haven't been able to secure a seat, please fear not. We're doing a couple of things to make sure that as many people as possible can not only get access to the presentations on the day, the presentation from Eric Damery, but can also take advantage of the huge offers that are on that are available uh, during Eric's visit to Dublin, and you'll see them all on ncbi.ie forward slash technology. If you can't attend the presentation, but you'd like to hear what Eric has to say and indeed send Eric questions, you can do so by joining our live stream. The link to that live stream will very shortly at time of recording be published on ncbi.ie forward slash technology. By the time this podcast goes live, I think it should be up there already. If not, it'll certainly be up there within a day or so. Anyone who has uh, difficulties or if you can't get onto the link or you can't find the link, uh, please drop me an email at NCBI. You can send an email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. I'd be very happy to help you out. Second thing we're doing is you can email into the uh, presentation whilst it's on and we'd be relaying the emails and your questions to Eric. The address for that contact is fsevent. That's f for Foxtrot, S for Sierra, event at ncbi.ie. That's also the address to use if you want to take advantage of the significantly reduced offers that will be available uh, from VFO on the day. Now, not only are those offers going to be available on the 9th of August, but they're going to be extended. Sight and Sound are very kindly extending them uh, right up to the end of the week. So they're they're kind of saying for the for certainly for the next couple of days after the 9th of August we'll be able to process those orders. But obviously the sooner you can get your information into fsevent at ncbi.ie we'll be able to make sure that Sight and Sound have all the details. Somebody from Sight and Sound will contact you and help you to make your transaction. If you are coming on the 9th of August We're looking forward to seeing you. Please make sure you're here in good time. The event kicks off at 11 o'clock and it does promise to be packed. Last year it was uh, very busy. We'll have the live stream, the live audio stream of the event open from about 10.45. So if you are tuning in, the details will be on the ncbi.ie forward slash technology page. And any problems, you can email technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. Now, uh, as always, your comments, suggestions, feedback, criticism, uh, thoughts for future editions, or indeed, if you'd like to get involved in our program are always welcome. And that email address again, technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. Now you're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for August 2017. I'm delighted to be joined for the first of two segments in this episode. We've never had this before by Amy Hines Fitzpatrick, our corporate engagement executive. Amy, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much. Delighted to be back. While. I think you talked to us about Twitter last time. I think I did, yeah. So we've all been tweeting since, thanks to your advice. You're going to come back to us later in the podcast to talk about something that we flagged on the last edition, and that's Orcam, and loads of stuff has been talked about Orcam. But for now, we're rather excited in NCBI because you've been involved in spearheading some great work with Novartis. 
Yeah, so we're very lucky in uh, NCBI. Novartis are one of our, our best partners. We've had a long relationship with them, which made it really exciting when they decided to upgrade their Via Opta suite of apps. So the idea behind the apps were they were to be kind of an assistive technology in your pocket for daily living um daily living supports so the one I used and tested was called the Via Opta Daily app and I absolutely adore it. but what I would say to people is it really is more of a low vision app than it is a no vision app uh, and that's nothing against the app or anyone in particular it's just I think you need to be aware of what it can or cannot do for the individual so the app is great I have it on my phone there is everything from a magnifier on it to um, a weather uh, weather forecast you can also take a selfie uh, with the app which I think is great fun because I can never tell when I'm looking at the camera and there is an object scene uh, recognizer as well and a money recognizer so it's really really diverse in what it can do um, and you can personalize the home screen of the app as well to what you want uh, what you want to use um, the most this this app w- w- when i heard about the daily app and and, and i haven't used it because as, as you quite rightly point out it it works better and it has been optimized i think for people with low vision but one of the things i thought was this is really great because you could have 10 apps to do all those different things in on your phone taking up space here's one app that will do your color recognition your your selfie which is kind of exciting your money and that that scene changer that's kind of exciting stuff has, has that worked for you i mean if you go into a room to give you some information or how, how does that work yeah so great point there it's so handy to have everything in the one place um especially for me even though it's a low vision app i'm forever tapping into the wrong apps on my phone so it's great to know you know one click and then you've everything you need the color contrast is really good in it as well so it's very easy to identify what you need um in terms of scene recognizer i have to say to be honest when this first came out i started testing it just you know, for fun, really, to see what a coder couldn't identify. So when you walk into a room, you hold up the um, the app, you turn it on, and it's almost like it takes a picture of the room and it will say how many people are to your left and to your right. Um, and for me, that's great because when I walk into a room, I can't see anyone. It's all just blobs. So this is really, really helpful. Um, it's that I do use a lot, uh, especially in work. But I have to say my favorite one is the weather, and that is because it has an audio function on it as well. So when you click into the weather... Oh my goodness. So it's a beautiful day, right? It's a beautiful day outside, isn't it? And, and can, can, can you tell us, are we going to have that nice weather tomorrow? Do, Let's can, check. Can, oh. we, can we go ahead to just... Oh. Less positive for tomorrow. Oh, no, rain. <laughs> okay, so I've... Because I've been walking to work for the last few couple of days without a jacket because I feel in July, August, I really should be able to do that. Yeah. But uh, maybe tomorrow, I better bring that jacket. Weather's changing on. tomorrow. Okay, weather's changing tomorrow. <laughs> it, it's really interesting. You mentioned the scene recognizer and this thing of being able to identify the people in a room because one of the conversations that I was having with our CEO, Chris White, a few weeks ago was the idea that it would be interesting to have an app that would discreetly tell you, for example, as a blind person or someone with low vision, when someone has left a room. You're sitting around a big table and you're going, so what do you think, Amy? And someone says, actually, Amy had to step out. And you feel so awkward about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the beginnings of that, isn't it? Absolutely. And one thing I've always said about the app from the beginning, it's like any piece of technology. What you put into it is what you get out of it. So with your your example there, we'll say if you're sitting around a table at a meeting and it says, you know, there are four people in front of you and maybe three people to your left and two to the right. And if you feel like someone has left the room, if you take a picture or scan the room again, it will decrease the numbers according to who's moved around. So that, while it can't tell you who has left or who has moved around, it will tell you that there is a change in that the dynamic of the room so we're getting one step closer all the time and i believe novartis are definitely upping their ante in terms of facial recognition as well but that's one of those watch the space uh, conversations for now all right very good and good on novartis a wonderful initiative now the other uh, app that, that we have to mention is via opta nav uh, i don't know if you've been using this one um but but i installed this on my phone uh, a couple of weeks ago and i've had two occasions by the way uh, last weekend i was in a taxi and do you ever get the feeling where you're not 100% certain that the driver is going the most, let's say, efficient route? Yep. Um, and I'm kind of wondering how much is going to be on my bill at the end of the journey. So I was able to use a great little feature in the Avia OptiNav, um, and it's, it essentially tells you where you are. And you might think that's a very obvious thing, but it's just nice to know, hey, what street am I on at this very moment in time? And it's really easy to do. So 
for that purely just for that and there's lots of other things obviously there's the root finder you can add frequently visited places to your favorites but just for that to be able to say hey where am i at this moment it's absolutely fantastic yeah and i love that part as well when i was on a bus uh the audio wasn't working on the bus so i tapped into the via after nav app and it told me exactly where i was so i was able to figure out myself oh it's two more stops now then it's time to hop off all right and these apps are free on google play and uh the apple store so go and get them uh from um, novartis that's via opta daily and via opta nav amy thank you so much for coming along you're going to stay around because you're coming back later thanks a million so Stuart. we'll talk to you we've never said this to someone on this podcast before we'll talk to you later on this episode <laughs> thanks a million Thank you very much, Amy. We look forward to checking in with Amy later on on this podcast. She's so good, she has to get two slots. Now, the next piece on this podcast, I am so glad to introduce because all I really have to do is introduce it. I didn't produce this. I was not involved in making it other than sitting, pressing a record button. Because Shane Early and a group of his colleagues in Carrick and Shannon did all the hard work to bring you this next really special piece. So I'm handing over to our newest correspondent, live from Carrick and Shannon. Here's Shane Early. Hi, I'm Shane Early, um, recording from Carrick and Shannon. And uh, I'm here to tell you about an NCBI-run group for under-18s in Athlone, the Clonbrusk Resource Centre. Um, originally the group was just cookery and life skills, but it has really branched out from that. It includes technology, uh, some social skills, and I'm just going to talking be talking to a few group members and one person who just we di- we did last year uh, way in Coot Hall, like that's a place up in Carrick. Uh, we did a two-night thing. But, yeah, we did that again this year. And uh, all the group members came, and so did Lawrence. From, so did Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence, would you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lawrence, and I am from Cork. And I'm here at Kootal. Now I'm going to be talking to Cormac, who has been a group member for about a year. I'm Cormac and I'm from Bray. And there will be some other people as well, but they're not in the room with us at the moment. Um, we're just going to be telling a, a little about what the group is. And and it, bear in mind, this is a group for under 18-year-olds. And if anyone's interested, just contact NCBI. So... First of all, we're going to be asking Lawrence about what he enjoyed about Coot Hall. Uh, well, the thing I enjoyed about Coot Hall is really, like, it's accessible. You don't, like, there's no real steps, there's no real, like, kind of curves or anything. So, it's all straightforward. And there's also kind of Velcro markings and Braille kind of to tell you, like, if you're by the rooms, it kind of tells you if you're at the right room. And that's what this group has been about, make, trying to make blind and low vision people's lives easier. Now, Cormac's going to tell us about what, a, a bit about the brain, oh yeah, Cormac's going to tell us about what, what we started off with in the morning and about the shopping. Um, the shopping was great, we went in pairs like uh you you we were always um like a sighted helper and uh we had uh we had um we recorded uh shopping lists in coos hall and we went to the shop um and we looked at the lists and got everything for like our lunch and dinner and stuff. Okay, so um, we're waiting on some other people, but could you just tell us about the Braille note takers you use, the Braille sense, and 
Lawrence is the Braille Sense and Cormac is the Braille, the Braille Note Touch. So Cormac, will you yeah, just say a bit about the Braille Touch? So the Braille Note Touch is a, a note taker running Android. I think it's a four yeah, it's four point four Kit Kat as far as I know. Um, and it's a note taker which is very cool. You can get apps from the Play Store. Uh, there's contacts and a lot of Google apps and. Um, sorry to cut in Cormac, but if an app on the app on the Play Store, what, what, will all the apps you can get on it be accessible, or is it really a risk? No, um, like it's the same Play Store as the visual people use. So like, there's apps that just won't work with your Braille note. Yeah, think. and what currency would you use if, say, like the likes of KNFB Reader, which on the can the Reader is actually built into the Braille Note? It, it came in the yeah, yeah, no, no, I was just using that as an example. If an app costed money, what currency would you use on the Braille Note Touch? Uh, you'd probably be able to pay with a credit card or like with your Google account. So you haven't done that, I assume? Um, well, you just use your, you'd use the same way, it's pretty much the same. I yeah. Think, for that. So and. Lawrence, will you tell us a bit about the Braille Sense? Uh, so I use a Braille Sense, and it's kind of handy. It uses like the it's I think it's Microsoft, but it's like a computer in Braille essentially. And so you got the menu. You can just swipe, flick down, flick up. You got Google. You got email. You got you can like you can do you can search up YouTube, you can do your files and all that stuff, and you got the USB ports as well, so it's handy. Um, and you said it's Microsoft. Would, in your opinion, which would be better, a Microsoft computer or a Braille Sense? Uh, which would you normally use? I use a Braille Sense more, so I'm inclined to go with that. You know. Yeah. Which, this is just out to either of you, which do you think would be more, from what you've said, which do you think would be more uh, for uh, school, which would be more useful for school? That's just open to anyone. I would say uh, Braille Sense. It's, it's kind of more practical, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I and would say, um, like, one thing is that when you're in... Word instead of going with your keyboard, you can use touch braille, so that is sort of an advantage. Uh, Cormac, could you explain to us a bit about what touch braille is? Touch braille is where it's a keyboard on the screen, it's exactly the same as the Perkins keyboard, and you uh, have to like calibrate it. Then, once that's done, you pretend you're on, an, on a normal. Perkins keyboard. Yeah, and how, if you, would you be able to sum up in as few words as possible how to calibrate it? Um, you put uh, all your fingers down on the display and, it, and if, it rec- like, if it calibrates successfully then it'll um, make a small vibrate. If it doesn't it'll go like... Whoa. Yeah, and... Like you said in school, well, just you said in school that would be useful. Would it? The vibrations could be very annoying. Uh, yeah, they could be, but uh, it's very easy to calibrate it. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, it's, better. it's a bit better. I'm Daniel Daly from Tom, Tom Geoffrey. Okay, um, so Daniel, could you just tell us a bit about what the group was at the start and what it has changed to be? Well, at the start, it was just a few, uh, just two, I think. Two people. Three. Three people. Three people. Um, and they'd get together and uh, just meet, really, and uh, cook, I think. Yeah, life skills. And then more people joined and uh, just came bigger. And, yeah. Um, actually, at the start, just an interesting thing here. They actually had a separate class for boys and girls, but uh, yeah, I forgot about that. But they merged it after a while. 
And originally the group was just cooking, but if that's not your, what you're into, we now do some technology. We do social skills about good posture. Um, we do different things. And there's also a basic cooking class for like buttering bread and stuff like that for a way to do that for a blind person. So, Daniel, could you tell us what are the main things you enjoy about the group? Well, I suppose just going there for seeing what everyone else is up to and stuff, you know, and uh, doing some more activities, activities I suppose, because at home uh, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. And I suppose to have a laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the main thing. If the way I'm describing this makes you think of a very classroomy thing, it's not. Everyone there, including the staff, we're all just friends. There's no real, like, put your hand up if you want to say something. It's very friendly. Like, when I first went there, I thought it would be like school, but no, it's not. It's the complete opposite. My name is Patrick Hennessy. Uh, I participate, I'm another participant of the... Um, the workshop in Coot Hall in Roscommon and uh, last night we had a music, sound music uh, workshop a music production workshop basically uh, mostly about creating uh, sound and trying to convert it into music so we were basically given uh, a series of uh, yeah, if you can fix them in your mind a series of pads with different loops little pieces of music on them and we basically put them together along with uh, clips of our own voices to make uh, uh, a short piece of music, just a, a little dance track that we then played out to another group of people who were also doing the same thing. We were divided into two groups and uh, we each group had to make um, an, a short piece of music uh, made up of the different loops that we were given. So, yeah. yeah, and now uh, Patrick, could you tell just how the people there made the software accessible without actually having accessible software with them? They made visual software instantly accessible with memorization. Well, yes, uh, we the see the PC the, the we had we had as I said uh, control pads with different sounds on them. They were connected up. Uh, uh, via a USB to a computer which had all of these these uh, loops on it and we were able to we were told well this this little sample is on this button this little sample is on that button and we could play, control, take control of them uh, as and when we wanted to uh, via the pads uh, and that was yeah. played out through the computer then yeah and also there was a tempo dial which actually clicked which was very easy it helped us differentiate differentiate between the volume dials which didn't click and the tempo dial yeah you had you had several dials for say tempo volume pitch yeah. and you can and uh, they were accessible to us because they were simply parts of the little pads we were given the control pads you had uh, buttons for each loop and then you had the pad the knobs just above to control pitch and volume and tempo and you could just kind of customize the sounds as you wanted to then hello my name is carrie and i am the winner of the junior master chef competition and this happened sometime last year and the Athlone group who went to Athlone practiced so hard to make Cajun chicken burgers and white chocolate and berry pudding to serve for Nevin McGuire. Now he came on one of them days and he examined us on our cooking and like watched us do our techniques that all the people who taught us like how to do. And then he chose the winner in he chose winner in one of his presentations and he chose me because um, I have a good interest in herbs and I can tell what herbs like are which and he was very interested in what I knew about herbs. And Nevin Maguire then showed us a little act of kindness. He invited us up to his kitchen in Cavan. Um, Kelly, Carrie, could you tell us a, a bit about that? Yes, we went up to his cooking class on the 29th of April last year and he taught us how to do 
like cook, we cooked three things. We cooked nut, nut brownies, we cooked um, salmon, and we cooked something with tomatoes. I can't remember what it was. And then he took us to his kitchens to meet all his staff. And I was very interested in the kitchens and how he works in his restaurant. And I found out a lot about cooking that day. And also, one of us, I can't actually remember who it was, brought, made at home and brought up Never Maguire's brown bread. His own brown bread recipe. In my opinion, it was really nice of him to do that for us, a group of blind and visually impaired people. Uh, this was Shane Early, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to uh, just a little piece about... Uh, the group run by some people from the NCBI and it's always going on in the Clum, well not always but whenever it goes on it's in the Clumbus Resource Centre in Athlone if you're interested in it just contact the NCBI well bye, I'm Shane Early You are listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for August 2017. Hope you're enjoying our program so far and absolutely delighted to be back with Sharon Lyons after a two-month break. Sharon, welcome back. Hi, Stuart. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I, I know it, it might sound like, you know, there's a break. Sharon's yeah. on a break. You haven't been on a break. You were really busy. Um, I was. Yeah. With the Without the Mouse workshops, which That's we right, yeah. talked about in the August, on the July edition, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, even Sharon, you've just played for me a little piece of audio that you made yourself. I did. I DIY'd Sharon Shortcuts last month just to, to see if I could. Uh, I don't think it's quite as good quality as yours, Stuart, but uh, you're recording. But I managed it and um, I did a little thing on Office Tweaks, Office 2016 Tweaks. It's it's actually really good because there's a, a there's a piece in it that uh, where people have to identify a mystery sound. And I, yeah. very, I really encourage people to have a listen uh, on SharonShortcuts.com. It's yeah. uh, really good. So it's on the Pocket Podcast. Okay. It's a link on the Pocket Podcast page. Actually, if you're on my mailing list, um, this uh, the kind of the last week in July there I um, I put a I was a bit late doing it for July but I put a link in on the shortcut of the week the last week of the July yeah all right so make yeah. sure you're on that shortcut of the week because uh, it's a great a there's, there's some great great uh, shortcuts coming up on that list actually as well each week yes. uh, now we're recording in our usual. Uh, in quotes, studio in yes, NCBI at the indeed. top of the main building. Yep. It's so warm today, we have the windows open, so apologies for any traffic noise that you may hear, uh, but it, it was either that or Sharon or I would expire would during melt. during yeah, the piece. Yeah. And we shouldn't really complain, but, you know... <laughs> no, no, but God, it is incredibly warm yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Um, we always love getting your emails, feedback, etc. Mm-hmm. Technology podcast at ncbi.ie. And we got an email from Dave Nason after Sharon's June edition. Yes, that's right. Yes. Um, David was asking uh, about kind of tweaking windows, which is what we covered the past couple of uh, months. And um, he was saying something about a checkbox that comes up on shortcuts and on lists of files for each file and I noticed this as well actually and kind of ignored it but um, there is there's a setting in the same places where you switch on the file extensions so the folder options and the advanced settings and you can actually switch those check boxes off and I got a lot of relief from that. <laughs> sure, David did as well. So thanks, Dave, for that um, for that query. Uh, it was something I was wondering about, and you gave me a good excuse to go and find out how to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Dave, because I thought, Sharon, when I was sort of those checkboxes, they've been kind of going on. I've been using Windows 10 for about two years, and I mm. just assumed it was a screen reader thing. I just thought, oh, oh. it's a, obviously whatever way the screen reader is interpreting it, saying checked. I didn't even think you could do anything about it. Mm. So I've switched them off, and I'm absolutely delighted since I did. So thank yeah. you, Dave. I'm not sure why they had them in anyway, yeah. but... Um, yeah. Fair feature uh, rich feature rich uh, <laughs> one of these features you can make redundant quite happily <laughs> um, okay so 
today, the subject of today's shortcut piece is Gmail. I was saying to one of our colleagues, Rob Sharon, last week, and mm-hmm. he, he couldn't believe it, that I don't have a Gmail account. Oh I'm one God. of the few people who doesn't have a Gmail. I have my work address. I have a personal email on Office 365, but I do not have a Gmail account. So I have never had occasion to use Gmail right. other than helping people set theirs up. Mm-hmm. And my sort of my very limited knowledge would tell me that up to very recently Gmail had some accessibility challenges but mm-hmm. but it's a whole lot better now you don't have to use this kind of basic function that you used to have to use before I think um, how, how do you find it? Yeah, yeah so you mentioned the basic function there was a basic HTML version and um, it's just something I've been looking into recently because I knew web-based email generally is not particularly accessible. You know, you've got a load of links on the screen. It's, it doesn't really take you down through your emails like it would in an email client like Outlook or Thunderbird. Um, but I actually use Gmail quite a lot. It's one of my emails that I check on. I have various things linked to it. Um, of course, I'm an Android girl, aren't I? So that's uh, my... Android is linked to, to my Gmail account and everything. So I was rather delighted when I fi- found out that there were keyboard shortcuts now that work with Gmail. Um, and around about the same time that I was kind of looking into this, um, I have another shout out actually for somebody, um, Amy Ryan. She sent me an email. Uh, we've been in touch because we're both Doctor Who fans, so there's a lot of discussion about the last series there. So <laughs> Um, and she mentioned, oh, look, you can go to this web page. There's a whole list of Gmail shortcuts you might be interested. So thanks, Amy, for that, because it came at just the right time because somebody else, I was teaching someone how to use Gmail. So um, so great. Yeah, so it seems to be a relatively recent thing. So so I suppose and this is it's always interesting when you talk about web based applications, be they mm. email programs, be they maybe something like, say, SharePoint, mm. um, because people get different experiences and even I'm even thinking of things like maybe if you want to book a flight you're using a website because essentially you're using an application within the site to book the flight people get different experiences depending on the browser and screen reader combination they're using don't they? Yes this is true yeah and um, I um, wanted to show Gmail on one of my workshops and uh, people were using Internet Explorer and it just didn't want to work on Internet Explorer I use um, Mozilla Firefox, um, and it seems to work well on Mozilla Firefox. It would probably work perfectly on Google Chrome, because that is Google, and they're all linked in. You know, it's, it's kind of um, easy for Google if they, if they have control over their software, Google Chrome and YouTube and everything. Things work seamlessly, but mm-hmm. when you bring other applications and other screen readers, it it can um, you can get different results. So for 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 today's test, then you're using G- uh, Gmail with NVDA and Firefox. Though. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it's a combination. Okay. <laughs> very good. Two free on Windows 10 pieces of technology. Okay, on Windows 10. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of Firefox actually because I, I kind of like what Mozilla stands for, and um, as a not for profit organization. Um, and I don't know, you just get used to some things, don't you? You get used to the way a, an application works and you just stick with it, yeah. yeah. Okay, should we give it a go? Let's go. So, uh, so I am going to open Mozilla Firefox, so I'm going to do start. Start window. M-O is all I Mozilla need to Firefox type in. <laughs> desktop app one of eight. Um, and it said Mozilla Firefox, and I press enter. I have a no. shortcut on Unknown. the desktop as well, but to my start menu these days Mozilla for some Firefox unknown search combo box collapsed has auto complete editable my homepage is Google so you hear the little kind of typing noise uh, ready for a Google search but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tab or escape out of that search landmark and I'm going to there's not much on the Google page but there is a link to Gmail so I'm going to do insert F7, or you could tab around. Insert Elements F7. Dialogue. It's up the Preview. top of the page somewhere. Level zero sign in four of ten. Well, this sign in. I'm actually going to go. It's quicker to go to Gmail. So I press G. Gauge five of ten level Gailed. zero. <laughs> Gailga. 
Gmail two of ten level zero. Gmail. There we go. So I press enter on Gmail. Google Mozilla Firefox. Google Document Busy. Button Google Search Button. I'm feeling lucky. Oh hello. Gmail visited link. Here we go. It's just caught Gmail up. Gmail busy. And Heading level one. Choose a. Sorry, so just about to say choose an account. Now, if you if you log into more than one Gmail account on a computer, you'll get a choice. Otherwise, um, if it knows about you already, or if you're signing in just to your account, it will ask you for your password. So I'm just going to tab here. List with three items: Sharon Lyons, Solias at Gmail dot com. Heading level two. Signed out button. Okay, so I press enter on that. Enter your password. Edit protected. Okay. Circle. Oops. So I'm going to put in my password now. Google accounts busy. Search combo box collapsed has autocomplete editable. Now it's brought me back to the Google homepage because it just signed in, which means I'm signed in for things like calendar and Gmail and um, uh, Drive, Google Drive, I suppose. Yeah, you, yeah. YouTube and yeah. yeah. So now I want the. Um, Gmail dialogue. Type links retrieve you. Gmail to Google Mozilla Firefox. Gmail. Google document busy. Menu button collapsed. Sub menu clickable. Zero Google notifications. Gmail visited link. Table. Unread. Hope Nicola. Shortcut of the week. High contrast mode. 2.33 p.m. Okay, so that's the... It's gone to my inbox, and that's the first um, email in my inbox from Nicola Hope, that's my sister. So, (laughs) um, And I should be able to arrow down to go to the next email. Google, new sign-in from Firefox on Windows, 2.07 p.m. New sign-in from Firefox on Windows, hi Sharon. Your Google account, Sarlias at gmail.com, was just used to sign in from Firefox on Windows. Now, that's um, that's actually started reading. So I'm just in the inbox on an email, but it's it said who it's from, the subject, and the time that it was received. This is when I was testing Gmail earlier, um, and I signed in on, on another computer. And Google is very security conscious, <laughs> And it's kind of alerting me that someone signed into my account from a, a device it didn't recognise. But it also started reading... You heard, hi, Sharon. It also started reading the actual email. Button. So it can start... It can, it can read practically the whole email just from the, the beginning. Um, if I arrow down again... Inbox 3888. Salias at gmail.com. Gmail Mozilla Firefox. Okay. Inbox 3888 Salias at gmail.com Gmail document Table So you're using the arrow keys Yeah Yeah. Yeah. Now I actually just Here we go Okay Silent meditation 1 Hanover Square Dublin 8 2.02pm Meet up your calendar for the week of the 24th of July Hi Sharon Lyons See it's reading the email again I'm not doing anything at the moment so um, I'll just stop her talking there. What happened there? I just arrowed down to the next um, email a bit earlier, and it started saying inbox three thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight. That's how many unread emails I have in my inbox. That's wow. terrible, isn't it? <laughs> but um, uh, it's um, it did eventually read the next email that I arrowed down to. Let's just try it one more time here. Table unread. And Here we go. So it's gone straight to the next email. Energy, online learning, adult education, and much more. Dot one twenty three p.m. Is the time. Getting the most out of e-learning. HGV rigid course issues related. Okay. So um, yeah. So it's as I arrow down through my inbox, it's reading the um, the sender, the subject, the time that was received. And then it actually starts reading the first part of the email. So if it's quite a short email, you get the whole of the email just by arrowing down and listening to it. Because it gives you a little preview, I suppose. Yeah, it's like a preview, yeah, but it's a fair amount. um, Like, I I know that it reads the whole email, a lot of the emails to me that are, are just a couple of lines, you know. 
So, um, now, if I wanted to read... Um, unread, one. meet up, meet ups, Google, new sign in, unread, Hope Nicola, read, Here we go. shortcut of the week, high contrast My sister doesn't mode. like being fam- famous, but <laughs> yes. I could press enter on this now, right? Clickable, 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 main landmark, read, shortcut of the week, high contrast mode, heading level two. Okay, and I think I press heading again. Clickable list with one items, clickable Hope Nicola heading level three. Okay, and then um, I want to arrow down from there. So when you actually go to read an email, it's not quite as seamless as Outlook or something. You have to kind of arrow down through a few things here now. 2.33 p.m. That's what it said. Button, button, to me menu items. Yes, very personable JXX. Okay, so um, that was her email. It was very short, actually. Um, so uh, I can arrow down then to hear my reply before that, and as as usual with emails, you can go down through the, how the do conversation. You, how do you return to the inbox when she's um, in backspace? Oh, backspace. Okay. So backspace. Inbox. It's like you're going back a web page. So it does have a lot of the feel of Outlook. Yeah, it does actually. I guess that's what I like. I like a, I like the fact that I don't have to use a mouse to access this, um, and it has some really uh, it has some really handy little shortcuts. Like if you're if, if you're in an if I was in that email, if I press enter again to open that email, oh no, it's not working for me. <laughs> Checkbox not checked. Less column three. Now sometimes it does start. this. Actually, it's quite good that it's done. Sometimes column four. Hope Nicola. It starts reading it like a table. So you know how it was reading uh, just all the information we needed. But sometimes when you go arrow down, it starts reading like a checkbox and a star mm-hmm. and then the sender. So I find that if I refresh the page, it usually... Inbox, 3887, Table, row one, column two. Hope Nicola, read. Short okay, and now it's reading it properly again. Mode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so sometimes it kind of um, hiccups. Mm-hmm. So I press F5 or, or Control R will do the same thing. Refresh the screen, refresh the web page, basically, and it it seems to pick up the the right way of working. Then, <laughs> and I presume if you were using, I'm not sure if NVDA has the equivalent keystroke, but there is a keystroke, for example, in JAWS to refresh the screen okay. with JAWS so you can do insert and escape perhaps NVDA is something similar I'm not sure I'm not sure if someone might tried that, correct actually. us on that yeah um, I could try it now no time like the present okay out of table blank maybe not clickable clickable visited link skip to content Ooh. okay well that seemed to do Collapsed some kind visited. of that took me to the top of the page anyway okay so that did did something there but the controller is a use, is useful keystroke for people to have anyway. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yes, great. Now, so we're um, going to compose a message. Yeah, so yeah. compose is a really good one. So uh, what I should say before I forget is that you need to go into the settings in your Gmail to switch keyboard shortcuts on. So you have to you switch them on and off in the settings. Um, the settings are quite tricky to get to. Uh, so you might need a, a hand or someone to talk you through that. Um, but yeah, you need to switch the keyboard shortcuts on first. Um, okay, so then then you can use these kind of keyboard shortcuts like C for compose. So I can press C. No next combo box. <laughs> okay, that's F. let's refresh a page. <laughs> I guess that's what it's. That's what happens if um, if you don't have keyboard shortcuts switched on, but I know I do. Yeah. So I'll try it again now. Table. Hope Nickel. Clickable, clickable. Using Gmail with screen readers collapsed. Visited link. Compose. Here we go. Message dialog. Here we go. To combo box collapsed. Multi line editable has auto complete. Okay. So um, shall I send you an email, Stuart? Okay, please. I know it says has auto complete. So presumably, if you have yeah, someone yeah. in your address book. There's all the other Stuarts I know now. Wow. <laughs> Stuart, 
artludlowsludlow at gmail.com one of one. Subject. Here we go. Subject. Okay. okay. So, um, what shall I say? Gmailing. Okay. Message body edit. Message body, very good. Yeah, so it is, uh, it is, once it gets going, it's pretty good. Um, here we are testing. Presumably that field that we were tabbing past before subject is probably for CC, so we could uh, copy it, I think it might have been, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it, uh, there seemed to be an extra tab there, didn't there? Yeah. It wasn't showing up very well. Okay, and I've just put one line in there. Here we are testing Gmail. Did you hear that funny noise, actually, when I did that? Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, the capitals. Ah. <laughs> this is the NVDA. It's, um, it thinks it's a spelling mistake. It thinks Gmail is a spelling mistake. So, um, yeah. Here we are testing spelling error Gmail. <laughs> Spelling error. It will actually say so spelling error. it's trying error. to warn you as you're typing along. Yeah, which is fair enough. Now, how you do G- how you do spell check in Gmail? Um, probably can, but um, that's for another time, <laughs> maybe. Right. And when you want to send, when you finished your email and you want to send it, you do Control and Enter. So Control Enter. Collapsed visited. Alert your message has been sent. That's quite good. View message, me. view message. Okay. I can confirm that I've just had the notification on my phone. Oh, you have? To say already? the message has arrived. Speedy, speedy. In a matter emails. of seconds it arrived to NCBI. And control enter um, is the same shortcut that you actually use in Thunderbird to send a message is control and enter. So for people who are might be transitioning from something like Thunderbird or Outlook and they're now using a web-based email, it's not actually that different. It's not too bad, yeah. It does seem to work, like you say, it does feel like Outlook or Thunderbird, you know, it does feel like an, a client. When it works, <laughs> we did have to refresh the screen a little bit there. And I suppose if you are having problems, maybe try a different combination, maybe a different browser, mm-hmm. have a look at maybe, you, you know, because I suppose you can install as many browsers as you want on you your can. machine, so you could yeah. always try it with a different browser and keep your old browser in case you want to go back to it. Yeah. And indeed, some people, I, I do it myself, use different browsers for different websites you do yeah Jesus. Yeah. i uh <laughs> i use chrome for some things yeah. uh for ryanair in particular because right. uh, i just can't use ie at all with it and i use ie with some of the sharepoint um things we use here in work wow so that's yeah, how that makes my sense actually because sharepoint would be a, a, like a microsoft exactly thing so yeah yeah, yeah. and here's me on mozilla firefox working away <laughs> It works. So all of them. And do you find Chrome good with um, JAWS? I find Chrome fine. My only yeah. issue with Chrome is the book, to get to your bookmarks or your favorites, uh, yeah. it's very messy. Yeah. There's no short, at least, sorry, I haven't found, if anyone is listening and wants to email us, I have not found a shortcut to bring me directly to my bookmarks like yeah. you can in Internet Explorer. And yeah. in particular, when it's bookmarks that I've imported from Internet Explorer because most of my browsing is still Internet Explorer right. my, I have a, a lot of bookmarks I've gathered over the years and I want to be able to keep them all so I put them into to, uh, Chrome but I find it very difficult to get access to them quickly you have to go to like a bookmark bar exactly or exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, that there's, was actually my shortcut a few weeks ago there's three or four steps at least in it yeah so yeah. Well, if Google are listening, there you go. There you go. Get it sorted, Google. Give us some menus. <laughs> okay, so Gmail, anyway, we've seen that it's straightforward, arrowing up and down to read messages, enter to open a message, backspace mm-hmm. to go back to the inbox, yep. and see when you're in the inbox to compose a message, and you can tab through the fields within mm-hmm. your message. And then Control-Enter to send. And if you want to reply, it's very similar as well. You, you go to the email position on the email you want to reply to and press R. R, okay. So R on um, its own, R. because Control R, of course, does that refresh that we R talked about. R on its own, yeah. Right, so, um, okay. And then you do, you'd fill in your reply and press Control Enter to send. So, yeah, okay. good. Right, well, have fun with Gmail, Indeed, folks. Yes. Sharon, as always, thank you very much. <laughs> no uh, looking forward to talking to you in September when we'll all be going back to school. So, oh, gosh, uh, We'll yes. be ready for lots more learning for the year ahead. Great. Uh, for the moment, enjoy your month of August and uh, speak to you in September. Thanks very much, Stuart.
Now, earlier on our podcast, Amy Hines Fitzpatrick was here to talk about uh, apps and all those good things that you can get on your mobile phone. We're here to talk about something else. Uh, Amy, welcome back, first of all. Thank you very much. Second time on the one episode. I know, feeling very special I today. just host the show <laughs> next month. It'd be just much easier. Couldn't possibly. Um, okay, great to have you back. In July, I mentioned this, that we were going to have you on, because there's been a lot of talk about something called Orcam in the last couple of months. Um, I've seen it. Uh, I, I know lots of other people have seen it. We've been talking about it. Pe- we've had lots of people calling in, asking questions about it. But you're probably the person who knows Orcam most and who's used it most. And you've you've done some really powerful things about it, which we'll talk about in a little while. Um, so first of all, we probably should establish for anyone who doesn't know that you have low vision, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. So I have uh, two eye conditions, Stargardt's and rod cone dystrophy. So I'm centrally blind and I have a few blurry feet around the edges. Okay. So Orcam is, uh, if we try to describe it first, it's a pair of glasses, isn't that right? Yeah, so it's... Really, it's a pair of fake glasses. It's The glasses really just act as a mount for a high-speed text-reading camera to sit on. Um, it's very discreet and, you know, it fits in my handbag and it can, it can clip onto the side of your jeans as well because there's a little box that comes with it. Uh, so wearing these glasses, you mentioned, you know, it's, it's not heavy. It's not kind of, it doesn't make you look, because sometimes people go, oh my God, I look strange wearing these things or no you, you don't feel self-conscious no they're super discreet um what it's been compared to in particular has been kind of like a bluetooth headset okay um on the side of the glasses and i have to say there are the camera can actually be mounted on any pair of glasses but the ones that come with they're quite fashionable i'm okay. very a big fan of them okay very good <laughs> right we, we we'll talk in a minute about maybe and we in fact we'll, we'll get a demo of how this thing actually works because reading text on this is is quite amazing Tell me how it has changed. Changed your life sounds very, very maybe dramatic, but I think in some ways it has. How has it made life easier for you on a day-to-day basis? Well, I can hold my hands up and say it actually has changed my life. Okay. It's given me back independence that I thought I'd never get again. Um, as my eye condition gets worse, you know, people would understand you do lose independence in relation to particular activities. Um, and for me, when I got the Orcam, like I'm definitely going to say I love Orcam I know it's not for everyone but for me this is it <laughs> um, so simple things I think one of the most powerful things and that really is something that really resonated with my parents was I was able to go into a restaurant for the very first time and read my own menu mm. and even as a child that was something that I you know, it seems so simple, but that autonomy to just be able to sit there, read your menu and decide what you want yourself. Um, that for me was so important. Uh, and then a few other kind of bits and pieces that are super positive is, you know, I've been able to read receipts from shops, which is nice, or know how much I'm going to have to pay before I go to the till because I can read the price tags now. Um and something that I really love doing now, which has become my favourite Sunday tradition, is to get a newspaper and have a nice leisurely read of a physical newspaper as I have my breakfast on a Sunday morning. Seriously? With, with Orcam? With Orcam. Fantastic. Just sit there, put the glasses on. Um, I feel like I look pretty cool with my, with my cool glasses. And I'm just sitting there reading the newspaper, which is so nice. It just gives me back kind of almost a sense of normality mm-hmm. again, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the only downside is that I can now read all financial reports. So the director of finance here knows that I can read these reports now and it doesn't strain my eyes at all. So now I have to read them. So you're, 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 the amount of paperwork you're given has now increased. Dramatically. Okay. Well, one of the things you, you put posted something on Facebook a couple of weeks ago and this might sound very simple but I, it really it really caught my eye uh, you were writing that you had been down in Centra in Drumcondra here getting your lunch I go down there myself often and you said you were able to see the fillings in the wraps so you see, there's probably I presume they're written up on a, I didn't know this they're written up on a board or something you could see what was what or you could see what was what behind the counter and you could probably I presume point to something and say I'd like that, it, that and that struck me as just hugely empower you know giving you some independence that you didn't have or that I wouldn't have yeah I find that amazing because you know you're told it's a text reader and that's fantastic and it's wonderful but I wanted to test the boundaries so when I was walking up to Centra I I could see a faint outline of a street sign so I pointed and I was like oh we'll give it a chance it's definitely you know it's across the road it's fairly far away not only did the Orcam read the name of the street, but it also gave a good stab at trying to speak Irish, which was hilarious. And then when I went into Centre then, because um, sometimes the lighting effects how the camera works, um, there are these big massive boards overhead, way behind the counter. And that's where all the deals are. So I've been buying my usual wrap and paying the same amount, mm. never knowing what deals are available. So I just, for a laugh, pointed up at it um, and cl- or clicked the little box. 
and it just told me exactly what was on offer that day and you know I didn't buy what was on offer because it didn't seem all that nice but it was nice to have that option for the very first time so you knew what was there as opposed to just going and asking for what you would normally have yeah exactly okay, okay. now the orcam comes in two versions is the my reader and the my eye and my understanding is the my eye has everything that my reader has plus facial recognition and you're using the my eye isn't that right i am indeed so it has, is have you done fun. have you done this facial recognition stuff i mean has it actually worked for you because i'm thinking that you're going into a you could be meeting i don't know you're meeting a friend in a in a pub or something mm-hmm. I mean can you do that can you walk into a pub and kind of scan and say oh there's Stuart over on the left hand side or do, have you done that I have so like with any piece of technology it takes a little bit of time to get used to this so I'm not going to say you can walk into a room and pick everyone out straight away but it does identify people once you have scanned it into the device so of course me being me everyone I scanned in got a funny name so our CEO here uh, Chris is called Chris Bothman and I just so happened to walk into uh, reception one day when the board was here and it scanned Chris and went Chris Bossman in a really loud high pitched voice brilliant um, so it does work um, and I have to say I find it very useful now I tried to scan my parents in a couple of months ago and they, it, it, the device just couldn't recognise their faces for some reason we got there in the end um, so again it's, it's how you use it but it's definitely working for me I think a device like this will always have, you know, that there's certain ways maybe that people are going to are going to use it, and there's certain, I suppose, um, scenarios. You mentioned reading before and reading the financial reports, and even being able to take the newspaper and reading menus. It strikes me that's been one of the the big things for you, just accessing printed material that you would have struggled with in the past. Yeah, it really has. A lot of the time I try to get everything digitally and sometimes you can't and then you can and maybe there might be problems with whatever technology you're using. Whereas this way you can just pick something up and do it. Okay. You know, there's no barrier anymore. Now, I know it does lots of things and we could we could talk about it forever, but we thought it would be good just to demo one aspect of, of this, which is the reading. So you have a nice glossy brochure from uh, Sharon's Shortcuts, actually. So. Waking up, battery is 100% charged. Very clear voice. Very clear voice. Um, there's a new voice coming out. Apparently, it's Welsh, and it's meant to be very attractive oh, wow. for anyone that's and that likes Welsh. You'll be going for the Welsh voice, will you? Um, well, we'll see. Well, it, it depends on what Orcam will give me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the great thing about leaflets and stuff, I normally would never be able to see them coming through the door. Um, so this one, if it had been on the table, I wouldn't know what it is. So I'll just point. Without the mouse, Sharon's shortcuts oh isn't God. online educational resource for anyone who loves to use keyboard shortcuts whether out of choice or necessity the site is designed as a handy reference and a step-by-step guide to using a pc without a mouse and that's that's incredible yeah and and, and you know something amy i've seen this this is the first time i've ever seen this device reading something that wasn't maybe Orcam's own because I attended a training session a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago where we got some exposure to this device but we only saw it because it was only available on the day it was only some of Orcam's leaflets nobody had anything else worth reading <laughs> you've just shown us something that was just sitting here on the table and okay I was I was I was surprised at how instantly between the time that it took the picture and it started reading but I was also surprised at the accuracy it's, it's yeah. incredible it's really good and I suppose when I first got it I did really want to test it so I just got a bunch of leaflets that come in through the door you know like your pizza mm. kind of all these kind of things that come through the door that I normally wouldn't be able to see and now a lot of these have lots of visuals on them so I wanted to see how good is it at scanning information so I still get a gist of what's coming or what's on the piece of paper and without a doubt I was able to figure out what each leaflet was for um, now sometimes when there was loads of visuals you couldn't get every piece of information but you had enough to actually figure out what was going on well it sounds like you're having great fun and reading has become once again accessible to you which is really nice to hear those menus and uh, pizza leaflets the local takeaways will be kept in business a bit longer now that amy has her orcam amy good luck with the product it's great and we're looking forward to continuing to hear how you're getting on with it and thanks for taking the time to chat to us no problem thanks a million Stuart.
Thank you, Amy. Two slots on one podcast. I'm very impressed. Um, the OrCam is an amazing device, and uh, Amy definitely has is using it to its absolute max and will no doubt continue to do so um, as that product continues to mature. Now, thank you to all our contributors on this month's edition of our technology podcast. Special thanks to Shane Early and his brilliant group of interviewees. Uh, we had Daniel, Patrick, Lawrence, Cormac and Kerry. I thoroughly enjoyed spending the afternoon with those guys because it was absolutely brilliant. And there's lots more people in that group that we didn't get to hear from because we just didn't have enough time. I suspect Shane is going to be producing uh, lots of great content in the future. And we definitely have to get him back on this podcast because I think he has lots of ideas. And he's a bit of a gamer guru, as are other people in that group. So I hope we have some more game reviews and other things um, from that group in um, Roscommon and Carrick and Shannon in the not too distant future. Thank to, thanks to Amy Heinz Fitzpatrick and of course Sharon Lyons for Sharon's Shortcuts. Now join us in September when amongst other things Eric Damery will be along with uh, all the VFO updates and hopefully we might get some sneak previews as to what's new in Jaws 19. As well as that I'll be talking about Ira, this new and exciting service that's uh, coming out of the States that will uh, help you do a whole load of things with live people to assist you and some very cool technology. Until then have a great month if you're coming to our VFO event. Looking forward to seeing you until September. This is Stuart Lawler saying take care and goodbye.